Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Billboard Chartbeat Podcast. Gary Trust, Billboard's co-director of charts. And hey guys, it's Trevor Anderson, a chart manager here at B-I-L-L-B-O-A-R-D. All right, so we got a lot uh, to get to this week on the charts. Uh, Hot 100, uh, big shakeup in the top 10 this week with uh, Mijente. Also a uh, new top 10 for Imagine Dragons and some actually some different genre number ones uh, after months where that really wasn't the case. So we're, we'll talk about that. Uh, really cool, our special guest this week. Uh, we're going to Nashville again with Jim uh, Asker, our senior chart manager in Nashville. He's got uh, the crew from American Country Countdown. Uh, Kix Brooks is the host, longtime member of Brooks and Dunn with so many number ones on the country chart. Uh, also, writer Suzanne Alexander is coming up and uh, producer Lonnie Napier. So we'll uh, get all into uh, how American Country Countdown is put together each week. And uh, Kix Brooks uh, talking about being uh, on the charts for so many years and now, now counting down the hits himself. So uh, that's all coming up. Just want, want to mention a, a few things. And uh, last week, uh, we recorded our, our 2002 flashback content with Kelly Clarkson, our special guest, Fred Bronson as well. So uh, I just thought it was kind of funny this week that how, how cyclical everything is, Trevor, how uh, we were back in 2002, 15 years ago. And then who's number one on the album chart this week, the Billboard 200, Shania Twain, number one for the first time since about that same time, 2002, fall. So things always come back around like that. Yeah, and how funny that, you know, somebody who was so, so young, fresh-paced, pop-focused back then, now having roots in Nashville, Kelly Clarkson uh, living there, married to Reba's son-in-law and a manager. So there's a nice little little pop country sort of wheelhouse going around right. this time. All right, and now the other thing we didn't talk about, because, again, we, we taped this ahead of time, but uh, I was a huge, still am, a huge uh, Tom Petty fan. So, you know, sad, sad news, I know. Uh, it, there's just been so much written and, and so much said uh, about it, but uh, to just add my voice to, to, to the chorus of, of Petty fans, uh, you know, huge loss. I think you know, personally for me, I, I sort of consider myself lucky that I got into his music when I was about 14, 15 years old. Uh, that's when the Full Moon Fever came out. He's in the Traveling Wilburys, and that's the age you kind of take music with you. So he, with me, kind of had that uh, that placement where I got into his music right when music was starting to mean so much to me. So I've always uh, carried him with me uh, on that level just because you discover an artist then when you're first discovering music. Do you have any uh, any any particular tracks that, that stand out as 
your your petty favorites? Yeah, you know what, one that I, I didn't expect anyone to really mention it this week. Obviously, Free Fallen and uh, some of the Full Moon Fever songs are, are getting uh, m- most of the most of the attention. I, I think it's great a song like Wildflowers, which well, the title cut to his '94 album is sort of getting its own uh, spotlight. But you wouldn't. I'm going to I'm going to assume you don't know the song, Trevor, from uh, 1991. The uh, the album that was the follow up to Full Moon Fever, Into the Great Wide Open. Had a song on it called All the Wrong Reasons. I'm going to play a little clip of it here. Tell me what you think this sounds like. not free falling oh yes it is free falling oh yeah because i the, the, the little the moment i said it's not free falling i can like like i like could continue that chord structure like right to the yeah. chorus yeah just, i feel like he always kind of uh, did a second yeah yeah kind of a second uh, alternate yeah. version of free fall which had become the huge hit off full moon fever so maybe some of the thinking was you know let's put on a song on this album that kind of sounds like that and it was never a single but i just a personal favorite i always liked that song you know when i was uh so the first time i probably really got even familiar with Tom Petty was, I think, maybe for a lot of people who obviously didn't know him when he played the Super Bowl 2008. Um, You're bringing up maybe my only bad Tom Petty memory. Really? I was going to say, because Gary gave me pause. I mean, that was the first time I had ever, you know, and it was a few years after the Janet Jackson thing, so right. I think people were a little like, oh, here's, a, you know, here's some old dudes playing because they're safe choices or whatnot. But it was quite... Uh, for an artist that I didn't know, I mean, obviously to be playing that caliber of event has to be well-known to so many millions of people. And I thought, I mean, it seemed like it was a nice, like, a, 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 a nice, like, just sort of, of comfort moment for a lot of people. Right. I mean, it wasn't nearly as sort of bland or unfilling or just kind of who is this guy that I, I walked in there thinking at the same time. Now that I think about it, I also know why that's a horrible memory for you because... Um, it's not about Tom Petty. Tom Petty did his job. Right. It was Tom Brady and Randy Moss who did not do their job. 18 and no. That was the season. That Patriots was were it. undefeated, lost to New York in the Super Bowl. Eli Manning found a way. I remember one of the headlines the next day, which which is really clever, but I think to this day I still don't find it funny, it was, uh, in the Boston uh, sports pages, Tom Brady and the Heartbreakers, because they broke the phones. Oh, that's Hearts it. in Boston. That's, that's Tom it. Brady and the Heartbreakers. That is good. That is good. But um, it, it, great show, and that that's kind of cool. That yeah. you, who didn't know his music, uh, totally got it just from from seeing that. I mean, I mean, you know, the music is a sort of a sort of one thing that I was still trying to figure it out because I'm, I'm not personally into rock a whole lot. But there was something that was just genuinely good spirited about it. Right. And uh, the only other thing uh, to mention, real quick, uh, I guess I should technically uh, congratulate you, Trevor. Uh, you're from Houston. I'm from Boston. Astros beat the Red Sox. The Astros did beat the Red Sox. And they are not the only person from Houston who's winning this week. We got a nice uh, nice superstar. Our, our hometown celebrity is back where she belongs in the top 10 of the Hot 100 this week. Here are this week's top 10 songs on the Billboard Hot 100 as determined by you. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, one. Number 10. 
number nine. This is how we do it down in Puerto Rico. I just want to hear you screaming, ay bendito. I can go forever cuando esté contigo. Pasito, pasito. Number eight. Number seven. I was lightning before the thunder. Thunder, thunder. Number six. Number five. Number four. I feel like I'm out of my mind. It feel like my life ain't mine. I finally wanna be alive. I finally wanna be alive. Number three. Number two. And number one. All right, wrapping us up for three weeks in a row now. That is the one, the only Cardi B, Bodak Yellow, still holding strong at number one, uh, three weeks in a row, as mentioned. Uh, kind of, kind of a little bit of a wordy stat, but but worth throwing out there. I've seen a couple people actually get a little excited about this. Um, so, as we mentioned, when she first hit number one a few weeks ago, Cardi B, Lauryn Hill, the only two female rappers to have number one hits all by themselves, with no guests, no other credited artists, just the two of them. So, Lauryn Hill back in 1998, two weeks at number one for Doo-Wop, that thing. And so now that Cardi B is number one for three weeks, she takes the title of the longest running number one by female rapper, all to herself. Are you surprised that that's only happened twice? I mean, I know uh, female rappers, it, it's not like you're, you're going back to the 50s for that for that being a thing, but two times in the last 20 years. Um, I, I mean, a little bit. I mean, obviously, I mean, it's just so hard when you think of, like, a lot of MCs, you know, who, I mean, the guys just unfortunately, you know, unfortunately in a lot of ways really dominate the conversation. You know, it's a different question. If you ask somebody who's the best rapper, people think, uh, Jay, people think Tupac, people think Biggie, people think, um, you know, whoever else you want to throw in there, Eminem, whatever. But it's a you don't even think of a woman. Now ask somebody who they think the best singer is, and you'll get a mix of men and women. You you might get an Aretha, you might right. get a Whitney, you but you may get, uh, I don't know, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, Paul McCartney, Bob Dylan. Not Bob Dylan. Songwriter for sure. Singer, maybe not. <laughs> In in uh, in defense of Bob Dylan, well, sort of. But in in twelfth grade, I took a music class, and uh, there was a kid who didn't want to sing, and he and the teacher said, "Why?" And he said, "Oh, I said I sound like Bob Dylan." And you know what her response was? Well, Bob Dylan made a trillion dollars off singing. That's basically she said. Bob Dylan makes a lot of money sounding like Bob Dylan. I I like that. I know that's right. They made it work. Um, but but yeah. So to the point of of 
that 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 women can be in, uh, in the singing game and in the songwriter game even, but have not penetrated the the rap game uh, the same way. Right. And obviously, there have been you know plenty of female MCs over the years, um, from you know MC Light, Left Eye, Queen Latifah, obviously Nicki, Cardi, whoever. Um, and I mean, and they've come close. You know, Missy probably the most consistently to come close without getting there. Eve also, I think people forget. Um, had I mean two number two hits right. on the Hot 100, so she was right there. Um, but I think that goes uh, that kind of reflects the the close but no cigar that uh, unfortunately stills the conversation. Hopefully, people seeing Cardi, you know, maybe maybe inspired to to pick up the mic and give it a shot. So, you know, maybe this is a thing, and hopefully, hopefully, it won't take at least twenty years before the next one. Right. Uh, so that's number one, uh, Rockstar by uh, Post Malone, uh, featuring 21 Savage. Still number two. That's how it's been for the last three weeks. Uh, tight race, actually. Uh, Cardi B and uh, Post Malone is not uh, separated by too much this week. And uh, Cardi B was down 3% uh, in overall uh, chart points. Uh, Rockstar was up 14%. So if that were to continue next week, that could mean uh, that Rockstar could overtake it this week. We don't have all the projections for next week, but it's it, it's, uh, it's at least moving in that direction. And, and Rockstar is really starting to kick in on uh, airplay. Uh, Bodak Yellow uh, still has a huge lead in airplay. It goes top 10 this week on the radio songs chart. But um, Rockstar is really building. Uh, streams were back up this week. So we'll, we'll see how it looks next week. But uh, certainly within uh, realm of possibility, could be number one. And pretty fascinating that, I mean, A, I mean, the song debuted at number two. And I think people kind of thought the bottom might fall out as, you know, wouldn't be entirely surprising. But obviously it's still it's still holding strong. And I think for an artist like Post Malone, who we kind of mentioned, has is not, you know, not sort of this A-list superstar who who you'd expect this from, frankly. Uh I mean, great to see that happening. And and also I'll note, um right now, at least when we're taping this on Tuesday afternoon, US Spotify, Post Malone is numbers one and two. I Fall Apart, the song from from Estonia album uh, that right. is making its way up the charts, hits the top 40, the Hot 100 this week. And this song was never a single, not really is intended to be a single, but went around after this viral, viral performance of the song on Facebook and Twitter. Um, streaming is just blowing up for the song, and it's it's not stopping either. I mean, this, this viral clip has been out for about two weeks or so, and so you'd think that, you know, like most things, it has its three, four-day shelf life and kind of moves on. But, I mean, for that to happen, I mean, who would have guessed at the top 2017 – I know Despacito was an, was an unheard of story. Yeah. I know a lot of things, but you got to put the sort of emergence of Post Malone m- much more than just congratulations in the top ten. But but now with Rockstar and I Fall Apart as one of the most like unlikely events of 2017 in charts. And uh, Rockstar is still without a proper video. So if that were to suddenly drop, that could almost uh, guarantee it maybe to get to number one. Yeah, I mean, if Cardi wants a fourth week, she's gonna have to fight for it. And uh, number three, uh, we heard. Uh, Jay Balvin and Lily William now featuring Beyonce, number three. It is uh, Beyonce back in the top ten, first time since formation last year. And uh, I know that's a little bit weird because the video had come out so long before, but because it was private and because there was no you know song up for sale and how Lemonade was were rolled out on title only, a little, you know, not the the conventional kind of rollout that, that, that people would have expected. Um, but her first top 10 since then, highest charting songs since Drunk in Love back in 2014. So I know, um, and there's been talk, you know, definitely about the last couple albums and really her shift this decade from less single focus pop to more sort of complete album projects if Beyonce could really be uh, a song's force again. Um, and at least this week, she's definitely answered the question that um, 
you know, Beyonce on a record is still an event and still a huge, a huge thing for them. So uh, congrats to them. Of course, the first top 10, both for Jay Balvin and for Willie Williams. So uh, definitely a nice move for them, too. And we'll see where that goes next week. It it, uh, it could keep gaining. It, it's still uh, building an airplay. It, obviously, it has the huge streaming and sales jump this week because uh, Beyonce joined and this was the tracking week. So we'll see if it uh, continues uh, or if it was a first week gain. But, you know, we saw with Despacito when Bieber joined, uh, wound up making history, 16 weeks at number one, tying uh, one sweet day for the record. So we'll see what kind of legs uh, the song has going forward now. And uh, the other uh, part of that is uh, it's the new number one on the Hot Latin Songs chart. So uh, it's kind of interesting all of a sudden what's happened here the last couple of weeks. It, it it felt like every week for months, and this was exactly the case, you'd look at the other uh, genre charts, uh, hot country songs, hot rock songs, and hot Latin songs. And just for, for weeks and weeks, it was the same title at number one. Uh, the number one rock title for so long was Believer by Imagine Dragons, uh, number one Despacito Latin. And over on country, it was uh, Sam Hunt. It was in the top 10 a little bit on the Hot 100 with Body Like a Back Road. And you almost knew that uh, every week those were going to be number one on each chart. All of a sudden now, in the last two weeks, we have uh, new number ones. So change of the season. It's uh, suddenly fall. We have all these new uh, these new number ones. Despacito, no longer number one on Latin. Uh, songs after 35 weeks at number one. Could could go back to number one if, if Mi Gente doesn't hold. But uh, Mi Gente, number one on Latin songs this week. Uh, on uh, the rock chart, uh, we're here in the top ten. Portugal, the man, feel it still, is now in its second week at number one after 29 weeks at number one for Believer. And... Again, we heard uh, Imagine Dragons with Thunder. That's now number two. So a little shakeup uh, in rock. And uh, even country, after all these weeks, a record 34 weeks at number one for Sam Hunt. Body Like a Back Road, as of this week, a new number one for the first time since February. It's Kane Brown featuring Lauren Elena and What Ifs. Uh, of those three, which one is probably the most surprising to you that it lasted all this time? I guess I'd rule out Despacito because that just became total pop culture absolutely everywhere. Imagine Dragons at this point have, uh, they've become pretty immersed in, in pop and rock and crossing over. So sort of another hit from then, I guess. So process of elimination. I guess, I guess it's Sam Hunt who had had a bunch of number one hits from, from his first album. But to suddenly go 34 weeks and, and cross over the way it has, I don't think anyone really saw that coming. So I guess I guess Sam Hunt, that's my answer. I like it. I, I, I would agree. All right, so speaking of country, let's uh, get into the real uh, heart of this week's uh, Charpy podcast, uh, our industry insider interview this week uh, with uh, three people behind American Country Countdown, uh, host Kix Brooks of Brooks and Dunn for so many years, uh, number one after number one hit through the 90s and uh, 2000s, uh, writer Suzanne Alexander and producer Lonnie Napier sat down with Jim Asker, who uh, oversees our uh, country charts, uh, Christian, Bluegrass, other charts in Nashville, to talk all things American Country Countdown, and part of this why we timed it is uh, the show just took on Billboard's Country Airplay chart. So when you listen to American Country Countdown, now it's based on Billboard's Country Airplay chart. So so we're Yay, excited about that. licensing revenue. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, it's it's cool, but just the perspective that Kicks Brooks brings because uh, he knows he knows uh, better than almost anyone what's it like to go up and down the charts uh, each week. He talks about that too, kind of that interesting perspective of not just being a host, but one of the most accomplished artists ever in country. I saw the light, I've been baptized by the fire in your touch and the flame in your eyes. I'm born to love again, I'm a brand new Hey everybody, it's Jim Asker from Billboard on the Billboard Chart Beat Podcast. And this week we have the crew from the American Country Countdown 
Um, and I'm excited because you guys keep my job for an extra six months as you transition to the billboard chart. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. So thank you. Suzanne, you sound excited. I am. I'm very excited. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Long time coming, actually. So we are talking with host Kix Brooks. And writer Suzanne Alexander and producer Lonnie Napier. Yes, and we, you know, American Country Countdown has a long history and tradition with with uh, Billboard magazine. So yeah, it's great. We we've been a little on again, off again, but it is great to be back with Billboard. How did the three of you guys get together, Kicks? All three of you. Evolution, <laughs> evolution. Yeah, you started in two thousand six, right? I did, and. Um, and had a guy, bless his heart, who was producing the show who had never produced a show. He'd been an on-air guy uh, in Arkansas. And um, it was just, you know, this show inherited from Casey Kasem obviously started mm-hmm. this show. The longest-running country music countdown show 1973. out 1973. And, um, and Kingsley did it for, for a lot of years. And then they asked me to do it, and I asked Bob for his blessing. And he said, get after it. I'm doing something else, and you'll be great at it. And I sucked at it. And I really needed somebody who had some experience because I had none. I'm a hillbilly singer and, you know, was not so pretentious to think I would be any good at it. But I did think I'd get some help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, I was kind of just mumbling through four hours of counting songs down. And it just it wasn't very well put together. And um, and fortunately, um, Lonnie came in. Donna Britt uh, at the time was a, a buddy. They had brought her in who had some experience. And Lonnie, had, of course, had been with Wolfman Jack for 20-something years and had also been doing a thing with Cody and, and uh, uh, kind of a classic countdown sort of thing. So he had great experience, uh, been in the business a long time. And, and it, we hit it off right away because he really didn't uh, patronize me in any way. You know, it was just like, hey, you can't say that. That sucks. And I'm like, well... You're an ass, and he's like, Suzanne "Well, so are you, like but you so still can't, you still can't say that, you know." And and here's why: here's you know, people are going to lose you because from here to there, you know, they don't know what you're talking about. And he's really helped me uh, understand sort of how at least you communicate with listeners so they follow your thread, whether you want to ad lib or not, or here or there. And and I started to get it, so that was great. Suzanne, I've known for a long time. Um, just being on the Brooks and Dunn side, you know, it was, it was really fun. And when it got down to writing, that's always a, a, a problem with these shows because the way it works is like on Friday, I'll get sort of all the notes from what happened to people, you know, last week. And so it's it's basically research, but it's also kind of put together because I did r- learn in the early going, you can't just wing it. 
you know, you want it to be conversational, and you do have the you do need the flexibility to wing it, but you can't just wing it doing a show with this much music that's this tight and this together. You, you don't have time. You know, it's not like a morning show where you can just shoot the bull and whatever till a commercial comes up. Right. You got to get this music in there. You have to, and you have to. Your your fans want listeners want information on a show like this. Program directors, we always you know listen to the radio folks out there, and we were doing forty, but that thirty-one to forty is an area of people that sometimes never ever mm. see the top thirty, and their songs they never ever play. So it became very. Uh, unentertaining. That is, because since I do the chart, I, it, once it gets over thirty, it seems to like over that bump. Has right? momentum. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And listeners, they like hearing the stories and what's going on with those artists that they're hearing on the radio all week, and they're like, "Oh, that's what that's about," or "That, da, da. oh, you did that with," and and hopefully that's where I can interject. So. So Suzanne will write this stuff for on Friday. She'll pass it off to me, and then I'll go reading. Oh, that happened to Tim this week. Well, I remember when Tim and I were on the road, and and this happened. That you know. So it's it. Then during the week, then I'll write down all that stuff. When I do the show on Monday, when we actually tape it, I might be winging some stuff, but I have it in front of me. I've thought about it. You know, also, so hopefully this show's better and it's a little tighter. So I'm not just mumbling around and trying to get my thoughts together on this. And also, one of the things that is a real plus for our show is that Kix is actually out there hanging with these people, doing shows, and he knows them personally. And he comes in with, like, you know, I was just up in Calgary with Aaron Watson, and he's a great guy. And so those insights from a personal perspective are something that nobody else has in the countdown business. Recording it on Mondays, the chart is done on Monday. So that's a pretty Very tight correct. process. It's a run and gun. And and, and mm-hmm. Jim and I, uh, we sit and he'll e- you'll email me, you're sitting across me, um, the actual chart, the top 30. So we get that at 8 o'clock. We'll hurry up, kind of finesse what we've already started on. So Kix already has his notes and where everything's going to go. So we just rearrange and... and organizing it's, the... Uh, yeah. It's, it's interesting because... It like a puzzle. The chart is 60 positions and... So it's it's really important for them to get to thirty to get all to start getting played on on your countdown mm-hmm. show. But if somebody's fixing to have a baby, you know, it's like Suzanne, well, is I'm she t- going to have that baby this week? Because if you say on Monday they're about to have a baby and the baby comes on Wednesday, your listeners are like, well, "Where are you? <laughs> what planet are you on?" And that's one of the things where we have to really kind of be careful of how we word things. The baby might be here. The baby might not. So be you here. never. I've heard you on the podcast say we're actually yeah. recording this on. Tuesday, I think, right? And so you but, never do that on the show, though. Say we're recording it, blah blah blah. No, no never on no. the countdown. But in the podcast, we do, and that's another thing, kind of an extension for all three kicking of us, it because with kicks. yeah, with kicking it with kicks, and that's on kicksbrooksradio.com. So we kind of have a little fun with the show. A little we bit don't let loose. them behind the curtain. Yeah. Okay, so really quick, Brooks and Dunn, twenty Billboard number one singles, forty-one top tens in each category. That's most of any duo in history. Huh? Um, did you pay attention to the charts? Of course. When you were outside? I couldn't have told you that. Of course, I think we have a, I think we have an album, is it 21 number ones and then some? So it was only 20? Must have been a a music row chart or something. You could have had another one on another chart. (laughs) 
that was the Gavin. Can we yeah, say that? Yeah. The Gavin Back report. when the Gavin was in, yeah. And radio and records. Remember when that was out as well? That was yeah. a big, big well, deal. But yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, if you're in the business, yeah, that's. I mean, and, and as much for anything, it's there's so many people that are involved. I mean, you, you know, uh, Chris Jansen was just in. You know, I don't know how many people he had with him, but you, you've got your record label, and you got your promotion team, you got your management team, you got your mm-hmm. songwriters. You got, I mean, everybody's. It's a victory, you know. To get to number one is still a very exciting thing. It's something to really cheer about, and you have big parties here, and you know, it, it is. It's yes, we watch the charts, and that's you watch them go up. You know, we all listened to countdowns when we were kids, Casey Kasem. Why is it such a it's such a staple in Americana in every format, every genre? What what do you guys think that? It's it's such a popular thing. I think because we have so much interest, you know, you hear these songs throughout the week randomly played on country radio, but then when you have uh, a host like Kicks counting down the top thirty. You get the stories behind those artists. You get to get a, a little bit more. It's like uh, a game show. It's yeah. It's a little bit more involved than your everyday number one. What's number one? What's, number one? What's yeah. number one? And the excitement, yeah, of who's going to go number one? Who's going to hold? It's sort of like having an award show every week. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good. Ex- you know, people good ex- love that's award a great shows, and you're you're sitting there going, "Is my is my artist going to win this week?" You know, and if your artist keeps going up the chart, it's like, I think that's a hit. I think it can make it, you know. And so people, you do, you have these fans, and it, we hear from them week after week. They that's listen week after ask. week, and like, they're pulling for their How often do you hear from them? Mm-hmm, 300 lot. stations. And, how, do you, how, how do you hear and from them? And here's another thing. Email? Yeah, uh, e- website. Nikita puts up the chart uh, every weekend, and they look at the chart. And these people that all of a sudden, hey, where's the chart? They get, I mean, they're vicious. They're on it. And, and we also get it. You know, well, yes, an email is the way um, through Kix's website, also through um, uh, through uh, Facebook page. So they want to know. And, if, and oftentimes I'll come across emails sometimes where people, if they miss the countdown, they want a copy of the countdown sent to them because they weren't able to listen that weekend. So exactly. the fans That's and fantastic. listeners are very involved. I'm glad Lonnie mentioned Nikita because she's the fourth member of the team. Yeah. Big so shot. there's four the of glue. you. The glue. Yes. Um, she's the one that keeps me on my toes. You know, we had, I think we had four number ones in a year. Ronnie and I were fortunate. They were probably... At four uh, in a row. The first four in a row, I think. Except for Next Broken Heart, um, our most recognizable songs with Brand New Man, Neon Moon, and Boot Scoot and Boogie. I mean, we had My Marie and Red Dirt Road and some, you know, obviously some other things down the road. But but that was a great launching pad. And I only bring that up, not to pat myself on the back, but we had a set list together within two years now think because then we had we had nine songs that were either number ones or top fives that's that's pretty much a set for so for somebody like reba or straight or the people that were getting us to open up for them within two years we had nine hits to play as an opening act so you know there's a career launched now you talk about chris young or um, well, we can mention lots of songs, but that's a great example. So there's a year for one song. 
I mean, how long is that going to take to have nine songs for a set list? So, which means those acts that are out there, they're either playing songs that you don't know, Mm -hmm. which most people don't want to hear if you're an opening act, or they're playing a bunch of covers that you know the best they can that they played in clubs or whatever like that. So, it's it's a lot from one standpoint. If you can hang in there, if you're that good, and you have you have that kind of catalog people really know it and you really build a real strong fan base because when songs are were bouncing up and down the charts a lot of times you had one acts that had one or two singles out that went up and down and you forgot about them you forgot about the songs and and a lot of those careers didn't happen how do you guys uh keep your personal taste out of it or do you I don't. I was going to say, I don't think Kix has to because, I mean, he's out there, like Lonnie had said. He's experiencing the music and he's out there with these artists and he's got his own opinion. But I don't I don't put anybody down because I don't not like this is in all sincerity. I don't not like anything in the top 30. Hmm. I mean, there's I can't think of a song. Now, I like songs. Some songs better touch me. You know, some songs I go, even songs that are clever, even songs that you say that sounds like something else. It's like, no, being a songwriter, I catch rhymes and internal rhymes and turn of a phrase. And I'm like, that's really well done. Mm -hmm. That's not I'm not necessarily going to buy that album, but I get that. You know, that was that's great. Really well crafted. It's fun. Uh, That's cool. And then you have songs like, you know, I always bring up, you know, I. I drive your truck or the house that built me or those songs that I'm like, that's freaking quality. And there's you no know, negativity better, in, the, in the countdown. No, because I don't. All. There's nobody I'm going to tee up on. I mean, no, I, I know you wouldn't on yeah. the air on your show, but I'm just thinking in general, I, there's got to be the songs show that crack dictated. If I really like something, then I say it. I love this song. I love the way this guy sings or whatever. And I don't say that about all of it okay. i think our approach too and i think early on when i came in to work with all of you guys the the consensus was you know when the song starts moving down the chart we're very careful to how we approach that and how we say that it's very much let's and ease dated on stuff okay and that well. lead, leads me to say um sometimes songs disappear um yeah. i know that so do you sometimes get it's calls hard. like where, where did that song go yeah i think we do um, see emails on that i do this, what was the song that Somebody got all upset. Wasn't it a Miranda song? It was the Miranda song, Vice, that Vice, just went yes. away at 10. Um, and that was another chart we were working with at that time. But all of a sudden, it just was pulled. It just disappeared. And we've gotten a lot of emails at the time about that. But oftentimes, too, now that we're working with the Billboard chart, we'll see songs drop off the chart and then come back in. They will and re-enter. They're re-enter. Like yeah. And so California a, just did. With Big and Rich, California. I, personally, I think it's an incredible song. So to see it drop off and come back in, how do we approach that on the countdown? It's, you know, we just say... We don't usually, we don't say, usually yeah, say a re-entry. This one is but, going away. We never go into that. Yeah. yeah. I was just wondering what what listeners say, because do they ask, like, what happened to my favorite song? Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we hear The ones them. they're really invested in. Something like Vice and Miranda has a, a rabid group of uh, fans. So more so that. Is the new one from her going to make it to the top? I'm keeping my it's kind of slow, close. but maybe so. It's you know, very emotional. I think, uh, you know, Carly Pierce. This this song, every little thing, yeah. every Just little top thing. Ten.
I mean, who would have figured? Yeah. With no girls making it in the top 30, you got you got Kelsey Ballerini, you got Miranda, you got Carrie Underwood, and then it's like once in a blue moon, maybe with a duet or something, you know. But when first time I heard that song, I'm like, really infectious. No way that that radio has this in the jammed in between Jason and Luke, you know, but that song is, you know, it's the little engine that could. And it's it's great to see. It makes you scratch your head going, how does this one make it? And all these other songs, because I love her and I think the song is really unique and cool. That's And it sounds better and better every time you hear it. Suzanne, yeah, do you root for the females to break through? Absolutely. Oh, Listen, see, already it's starting with Lonnie. <laughs> we've we've but... had one number one so far in 2017, Lauren Elena. And it's, that's travel. disgusting to me. I mean, coming from radio, and I think Why? we can talk about this. It was a great song. No, the fact that... <laughs> All right. See, this is one, this is what happens. This is what happens when I'm I, I heard you guys, guys talking about it on the podcast. So. Is, yeah. Well, Jim is uh, used to be my program director up in New York for years. So, I mean, you know, we look back in the, in the 90s to compared to today. I don't understand why it has become such an issue to see women getting airplay. So do I root for the women? Absolutely. Would I love to see more women in the top 30? Hands down. Do they deserve it? Absolutely. How come only one this year so far? I think we need to ask all the programmers. I think we need to ask the consultants. I think we need to ask the, the heads of record labels. What's going on? Why is this happening? Okay. What do you think, Jim? I did a podcast with Ray Lynn, and um, we talked about it for a good amount of time. Uh, because that first single of hers, I thought was really yeah. good and thought it would break through. Because I'm not in radio anymore, I don't know. I do know when I was in radio... Uh, Suzanne may argue with me here, but I would always look at it as a great song is a great song. Um, whether it's male, female, group, duo, or whatever, it doesn't matter to me. A great song is a great song, and I don't look at, like, should we add a male or female this week? You had the best songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I've always doesn't thought. does Little Big Town get uh, considered female? No. Well, Jimmy's I, singing the new single. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that's fair. I mean, that's how desperate we are that we're having to look at groups or trios Lady with Anna a female Bellum. voice. Yeah, I don't think that's right. We're looking at solo female artists in country music. So they music. don't have any female input on... The new Marin may go to number one. Yeah, but I like 80s Mercedes, I love that Me song. too. Me I too. I don't understand why that didn't go further. Right, there's a lot of head scratchers on that. And when she was on Jimmy Fallon last week, she didn't do the single. She did Rich off, huh. off the record. Um, which is interesting to me. Like, why not do the single now that you want to push it through? Well, she's also going on tour with, with the, the pop, pop artists. artists, so she is. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's going out with Niall uh, Horan from One Direction for 2018. They're going to be touring together. She did a duet with him on his album. I thought it was interesting. Here we have a female country artist who's finally rising and 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 getting some airplay with this song, and we're hoping she's going to break through. And then she goes out with a pop artist. But so I, I think know. you know, I don't think that's her going pop. I think it's just. I think it does show a little bit a sign of the time. If you're, if I'm, if I'm not gonna have acceptance because a genre is really not, for whatever reason, like you say, we can sit here and you know all my opinions on this. Whatever reasons, country country females are not being getting that airplay. She's like, okay. I like this guy. I like, you know, there's an audience here that I think is going to dig my music. I'm not going to play by the old school, the normal rules of here's what you do. If you're a female country artist, you go to this station and this station and this station and whatever. It's like, 
I'm just going to go tour. I'm going to see what I can do. I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to try and keep my social media going. And you're going to see a lot of a lot of lines blurred here. Uh, if if females are not, if the traditional way of breaking a female act is not going to work, if if country radio is only playing one or two female acts, female acts are going to start doing different stuff to try and get some traction and sell some CDs, get some play, and have a career. Yeah, I don't fault her for that at all. Yeah. I think it's great. She needs to do what she needs to do as but an artist. But I don't artist. think she's announcing like Taylor Swift, I'm a pop I'm leaving artist the, or whatever. No, no, she's no, like, no. I'm an artist. What yeah. about that's Casey what she's going doing. out with Katy Perry? Well, that's, you know, Casey's the same thing. They're Casey from the same great. camp. You know, they're just going to go have some fun. Casey's Casey. You know, she's not Casey like Musgrave. Casey yeah. Musgrave. She's been she's, around for a long time, but she hasn't really had the support at all from but radio. But she's not so a traditional not? country act either, you know, any more than Brandy Clark or that whole that whole bunch of fun girls that are just great freaking songwriters and but uh, Angelina it, Presley. That recognized artistically. But isn't yeah. Casey's music more traditional country than a lot of It's retro. Stuff? It's not even traditional. It's... You know, it's it's maybe got some traditional f- chord f- changes music, and maybe. stuff like that, but it's to me, it's 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 very retro and hmm. it's kind of it's you know what I think retro it, pop hip yeah. country. You know, it's just you wasn't getting the support from the get go. Yeah. So what what do you do as an artist when and we've discussed this in our podcast? You know, you see them getting national television exposure. They're on all these television networks and major outlets and national syndicated TV shows, but country radio just won't support. Now Stapleton's had one top ten so far. Nobody Everybody to blame. Loves him, the though. new one seems to be breaking through now. Broken Halos. Um, do you think that one has a chance? Sing my Sarah, broken halos, floating wings that used to fly. They've all gone wherever they go. Broken halos that used to shine. I, you know, he is, he is, and I like to say he's an anomaly. He's just, he can. He's almost like the Jimmy Buffett of country music. Mm-hmm. I mean, does he really need radio airplay? He's selling. He's he's what? How many number one? He's, he's been at number one his, for his album. His new for, album is the only album in all all genres that's sold a half a million already this year. Yeah. And only, what kind of radio airplay? Only got two up tempo songs. Yeah, on it. and the, no and no really support from country radio on that. At album. the same time, you know, Chris is of course I've I've known Chris forever. We've written a bunch of songs together. I've been flying his flag since the first time I heard that guy sing, and everybody in town saying that, but that's really the truth. Why country radio wouldn't play Traveler, I can't tell you. I think that guy's just, his voice is like Greg Allman to me. It is so nice to listen to. He is just so freaking good. And, you know, I mean, Hank Jr. had a great career. It's It's like there was, especially that album, I mean, nobody to blame is just a in the pocket great freaking country song. I mean, again, it's like why wouldn't you play that guy? Right. What is what what could possibly keep you from playing Chris Stapleton? It's even especially those two songs. Uh, I mean, Tennessee Whiskey's getting tons of downloads. I can see why there's some pushback on that. This new album, he, Chris really doesn't care. You know, and he's never really cared, and it's why you haven't heard him on the radio. But I think country radio really kind of missed the boat, uh, not giving him some more airplay on that first album. But this record, 
he just he he turned that off and he just did what he wanted to do and um I hope this song gets some play but this this album is much less um radio friendly. Have you ever interviewed him about that you guys? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah What's he say? Times. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. He just makes he makes music he likes and you know this record he just wanted to he wanted to do what he does live and you know, which most acts have tried to do that unsuccessfully in the past, but Chris does not care he about that. He's, no, he's not well, worried about country airplay. He's having a huge career. He couldn't be any hotter. I know. You and know. So, as, as an example, I thought Traveler should have followed Nobody to Blame, even though because the Traveler was out, Traveler was out as a single prior to a CMA performance. Yeah. Then Nobody to Blame came, and Traveler was such a great song that would have been. To come back with it because artists have done. You could that. have re-released it. Yeah, uh, Chris it, Young did that with a. Yeah. Uh, if you were program directors, would you be playing Broken Halos? Yeah, on your station. If I you're like a the song he played at the ACMs. What would you play Broken Halos? I think I I think I would give him the support. Yeah. It's Chris Stapleton. What's He's one of the mean? biggest thing. I would You'll play the single. Add it into overnights. No. I give it five spins at 3 a.m. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm taking a kicks. How about you? Would you put it in a light rotation? Well, I would, yes. Okay. Yes, because how do you, I mean, it's it's not that often that country music has an act, that our genre has an act that that's, that is that hot. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's as hot as any pop act out there. I was going to say he transcends we've got a, this genre. We've got a big star. I mean, it's like Zach Brown or Eric Church or whatever. I mean, cut him some slack and support. How do you guys decide what to talk about on your podcast every week? <laughs> <laughs> this laugh hard to tell you. I'm glad I had a funny joke. <laughs> Well, Suzanne usually has some good ideas, but then I usually tee up. I like. Do you just go in and ham it up? Well, basically? Do you, it's almost yeah. like a Seinfeld to ask kind of thing. We used to talk we... for a half an hour, forty-five minutes before we ever get got started. Anyway, we said let's just record it. Yeah, I can talk about Kix's ability for any artist that is listening right now who has not been interviewed by Kix, and I actually borrowed this once, your technique once, and I got in so much trouble for it. <laughs> but he, when you sit down in front of a microphone and you're in Kix's studio and you start talking you are on that is happening the interview is taking place you should know that so that's typically how the well, podcast how did you get starts. in trouble Suzanne I, I'm not going to say the artist that I did it with but we sat down in front of the camera and we started talking and and she halfway through said um are we was this is this the interview and I said well yeah we're just talking just Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. Got up. <laughs> got up. And left the set. Seriously? Just left the set. Wow. And I, all of a sudden, I thought, you're not kicks. Do you never, <laughs> never, ever try that again? <laughs> so from that point on, with every interview, I go, okay, we're going to start rolling. Are you ready? And I'll give it a three count before we go. I camera. am open for guest hosting duties, by the way. <laughs> oh, good, good. I know kicks you wanted to ask, so I was, uh, you know, I thought it might be uncomfortable we'll for you. So yeah. I just, uh, oh, thanks. Perfect. <laughs> when you start to fall, you hold on to your pride. Start building up your walls and never let her get inside. You'll push her away, because that's all you know how to do. And then she'll leave, and you won't beg her not to go. 
Last question. Is this Garth Brooks song going to go to number one? I don't know. It's It, it no. seems like it's been hanging no. out yeah. in the teens. I would love to see it, but I, I don't know no. if radio is going to do that. It's higher than any song since More Than a Memory, mm-hmm. his num- last number one in 2007. Tw- I think there's ear fatigue going on there. I think it's just so long on the chart. I Kicks, just, do you like hmm. when the heritage artists break through, or that doesn't really matter? Yeah, I just don't think, uh, uh, you know, honestly speaking, I think as far as radio is concerned, our day has come and gone. Um, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm uh, glad to say that there's still a great fan base out there, and it's it's still fun to play those songs, and it's still fun to see a full theater at the Coliseum and Caesar's Palace every night. So, nice. um, you know, it at some point that's just that's the way of the world. It's it's excitement. I still love James Taylor and Bruce Springsteen, and I could mention twenty other artists that uh, and George Strait, but. You know, it's like there's an excitement that comes with an act breaking and fans getting behind it and pushing and making their artists famous and all that and whatever. And then after a while, it's not that you don't you can't still do it or make good music, but it's like you're looking for something new and exciting. That's just with with all things. That's just kind of the way of the world. And yep. and there's no reason to have your heart broken if you've had an amazing career and you you got to see your dream come true. Uh, you know, thank your many blessings and continue to enjoy your life. She's making it sound like I should retire. This yeah. is a lot I mean, of for all got, of us. I was talking have a actually job at the winery? to you, Jim. That, <laughs> I came here yes, for a job at your for, winery. I'm kicks. telling you, for 50 bucks a day, you can drink all you want, and, <laughs> and we'll give you a job as a drinker, and you'll do great out there, I'm sure. You can have Jim as a pourer just yeah. standing out there in the parking I, lot. I, in the parking I, lot. I spill a lot, as you know. You do so. spill a lot. Kick Zone's a great it's one of my favorite spots here in, oh, in Middle Tennessee, Arrington Vineyards. So I just had to mention that before we leave. It is a beautiful place, yeah. So let's all go. All right. Anyway, I love the show. Congratulations on all your success, the three of you. Thank you for taking, um, starting to use the Billboard charts again. And um, I wish you all the success. Personally. We have know, a great team. Have, and I would Suzanne, like to say that. You know what I will say? You know, I, and, and I I am on the from... team now since Suzanne is texting me 55,000 well, <laughs> times a week. <laughs> About the charts, so I am actually well, we're on not the so team. sure about Thank you. There is there's <laughs> there's so much info that we are able to tap into having Billboard now yes. working with us, which is a joy to have all this information now to help make the show a little bit better and and give more information to those who are listening. So we have access to See, that. But so it's that's more great. work. Do you know that the country <laughs> airplay chart was started in 1990, right around the same time that you guys were. Brooks and Dunn was breaking through. Wow. That wow. pretty much sums well, it up. There's so note. much information <laughs> that I have to call you 20 times a day. And I'm like, eh. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been a joy with Kix and Suzanne and Lonnie, the American Country Countdown. This is Jim Asker on the Billboard Chart Beat Podcast. All the 17 said I'm getting out of Dodge. All the big dreams said I'm selling all I got. This week's number one song on Billboard's Country Airplay chart by Kenny Chesney. All the pretty girls playing that because uh, we're just talking with Kix Brooks and Suzanne Alexander and Lonnie Napier from American Country Countdown. So 
number one song of the week. Let's uh, flash back this week to, ooh, what are we flashing back to, Trevor? Um, we're going to take a little little parallel journey this week. We're going to talk about uh, one song, but multiple iterations. So um, obviously there's a lot, of, a lot of crazy things going on in the world, um, unfortunately, um, stemming and, and sort of circling all, of course, back to the events uh, in Las Vegas, unfortunately. Um, so when we were looking this week for, for a flashback, kind of noticed a song that um, at this point in time, twice was in the top ten in two separate years. That song is going to be an old classic, an old Motown classic um, from, I think, one of the one of the forgotten groups of the era, unfortunately. Not a Supremes, not a Temptations, but it's Martha and the Vandellas. And the song uh, was a number two hit this week back in 1964. And that is the one, the only, Dancing in the Street. Or Yemi doing the dance. Yeah. Good Motown moves there. Well, you you could have been you know on the 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 Yemi and the Yemets or something. Yemets. You know? I don't. That's not a. You have to. You have to have something different, like something like spicy. We'll 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 throw it back to the uh, the A and R marketing group. See what they can come up with. Yeah. But um yes, huge hit. Nineteen sixty four. Number two. It's the highest. The Martha the Vandellas will uh, hit on Hot one hundred. Um, also, I think people probably also know some of their other other hit songs. Heat Wave. Um, classic from that same era, Jimmy Mack, Nowhere to Run. So one of the groups that had a strong hit, run of hits, um, but I think unfortunately, like, like I kind of mentioned, in history books, not quite as, as well known as the Supremes or the Temptations, Jackson 5 or, or any of those acts. I, I think people know that song. If they maybe don't know the act as well, I think everybody knows that song. For sure, for sure, for sure. One of the, one of the classic feel-good songs really of any era. And the song has been so memorable and such a fun thing to celebrate on many occasions that we've seen the song come back a couple times. Uh, the biggest remake of the song came in 1985, courtesy of probably a very unlikely pair to redo this track. But we're talking David Bowie and Mick Jagger, who took the song to number seven on the Hot 100 this same week in 1985. So this is a good week to be dancing in the street, apparently. The poll, oh. the Tarby poll of the day. Which version do you like better? Do you, uh, whose style do you like better? That's what I'm. I'm just curious. Maybe I'm liking better. Can we can at least appreciate the differences? I, th- I think yeah. I think that's more what it is. I, I think there's probably just something about the original that just totally captures that Motown sound. But I, I think I think maybe the remake's a little kitschier. It's kind of kind of just uh, it's a little goofier in some ways. Uh, but just to hear Bowie and, and Mick Jagger on a song together, and it kind of rare that Mick Jagger had, uh, this was his biggest solo hit. It was, he hasn't done much solo, which is kind of weird when you think about well, it. Well, luckily, he's got a pretty lucrative gig somewhere else as well. <laughs> he still tours with that band sometimes. Right? Uh, you know, they might, they bring in a, you know, a handful of change here and there. Which, uh, which version do you like better? 
Um, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna front off that question. I kind of like. I mean, there's something about the original that that's kind of nice because I think, in particular, when you look at the context of when the original was put out, 1964 in Motown. I mean, this is, you know, there's so much turmoil going on with civil rights movement, obviously, in full, full steam. Um, I mean, a lot of riots, a lot of uh, unrest and unsettling in the country. I think, I think there's something certainly in Martha's voice that really understands the weight of that song and what they were trying to to go after. Um, that that makes it that much more compelling. I think like you said, like the, the remake in 85, um, it definitely has a fun element to it. Like Especially the, 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 the tag team of, you yeah. know. And, and the video, they're just going all out on 80s fashion Oh, style. 100%. And so there's something kind of nice to remember that, you know, even though, as with a lot of songs, they're, they're sort of feel good. They're, they got, you know, high, high in tempo, quick or quick in tempo, should I say. Um, you're kind of fast paced and, and, and feel good hand clap kind of things. But, you know, they're really about some real issues, you know, that, that really people have to address what's going on. Um, last question I want to ask. So we saw the remake in 1985 with uh, Bowie and Jagger. If you had to pick two artists today, who would do a who who think it'd be a nice tag team to uh to remake the song because obviously there's so much happening in the world today that maybe maybe we do need a little little dancing in the street. Two male artists? Uh, it doesn't have to be. That can be part of the I mean, that can be part of the plot, you know. So what's so, so what's the dance? criteria to to make it a hit or what would be Um just two if if two artists had to cover it, let's just say. I mean just say whether it's a you know, a, an award show tribute, whether it's a commercial single, just who do you think would do a good job? Who brings the right kind of kind of energy to it? Well, let me answer it this way. It's uh, kind of interesting how uh, Martha and the Vandellas, that song was a hit in 64. That's when the Rolling Stones were in their early years as a band. Yeah. So then he winds up uh, covering it 21 years later, solo. Yeah. It's, it's almost like if, uh, if, if uh, one of the members of uh, One Direction covered a Fifth Harmony song 20-something years from now. Follow that logic. Uh, yes, I got the pattern. So, so, so there's my answer. Two two guys from uh, from uh, One Direction covering two Fifth Harmony. Pick in pick your favorite two. Twenty thirty seven. Um, okay. Um, if okay, if I had to pick two people, uh, I'm gonna say I think I think there's a little bit of significance uh, for sure if Ariana Grande is on the track. I think she's got the right kind of sprightly voice for it, and of course, given what happened in her concert in Manchester, I think that gives it um, a little, a little more interesting weight behind it. You know, certainly someone who's been affected by this in a way that probably most other artists have not. Uh, and if I had to pick a duet partner for Ariana Grande, I'm gonna say, who? This this one's the tough one. Part of me wants to say. Justin Timberlake, based on how well he like sort of handled "Can't Stop the Feeling," like he he can turn like a he can turn any moment into like a feel good, you know. Yeah. Well, he had that time with uh, Michael Jackson for the virtual duet a few years ago yeah, too, and that, exactly. that really worked. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, my other option probably is Bruno Mars because Bruno shows up and he turns into a party, and plus he's got that right kind of like middle of the road pop sensibility. But obviously, we saw some of the the more funk with him. I think they could. I think they could turn out a good version of the song. How about a total "We Are the World" type all-star version of this, just for positivity out in the world right now? Uh, could go to so many charities. Uh, real happy, upbeat. You hear a verse with with Bruno, Ariana. You could get everybody on there. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say like it's a two-minute song, so that's a lot of voices to slam in. But yeah, I mean, that's not a bad idea. Maybe we need to go out and, and pitch this to somebody. 
if you're listening, um, label ex- we have a lot exactly. of uh, label executives uh, on uh, on on the podcast. If you guys are actually listening to a show <laughs> on which you weren't a guest, some good suggestion, right? <laughs> uh, so we'll be looking forward to talking about that song hitting the top ten in about three months. So, Dancing um, in the Street, 2017. Just let me just let me know. I'll just take a just a ten percent cut. That's all we need. Say it loud, and there's music playing. Say it soft, and it's almost like praying. Clip right there of Almost Like Praying by Lynn manuel Miranda and so many other guests that were joking about a modern-day We Are the World, we really should mention. Uh, there is one uh, going to charities and uh, could have a really uh, pretty nice debut on the Hot 100 next week, just wanted to mention real quick. Uh, yeah, and so, of course, we mentioned kind of some of the things that have been affecting the music world. Obviously, Tom Petty passing. Uh, of course, the events that happened in Las Vegas last week. Um, also, of course, need to give a shout-out to uh, Lynn manuel Miranda and and grabbing a lot of his friends, particularly a lot of Puerto Ricans, um, for this song, uh, which is benefiting uh, the efforts after Hurricane Maria really has devastated the island and still so many people without uh, access to, to food and water and electricity. So um, that song is is doing uh, huge wonders out there, and particularly um, still selling strong, number one on iTunes, virtually all week since it's come out last Friday. Um, and I know Lynn manuel has been incredibly active on Twitter um, you, you know, um, asking people to obviously purchase the song for the proceeds, but also I'm um, engaging with his fans that a lot of times he has his little, little sort of challenges or whatnot that if certain playlists get to certain, uh, peaks, he'll sort of reveal some of his, his co- college drag JLo pictures out there. So whatever it takes to get the people to move, um, he's definitely there. And so, uh, great effort. He's really been spearheading so much of this. So shout out to him. And, um, of course we'll see how the song fares next week on the Hot 100 as well. Yeah, early projections. It uh, could be the number one selling song of the week uh, next week. So uh, yeah, we'll see how the streams are. We'll see uh, if there's airplay uh, for it. Uh, songs like this tend to be more driven by sales and streams, but uh, could, could have a good uh, debut next week. So, uh, so we'll be tracking that for next week. And also I want to mention another song that is doing uh, well for Puerto Rico, also Mi Gente, the Beyonce version. Um, from what I understand, a lot of those proceeds, if not all of them, as well from the Beyonce remix, um, are also going towards the hurricane relief efforts. And, you know, she actually mentions, even in the song lyrics and the part that she has in English, talking about, you know, helping out Texas and Mexico and, and Puerto Rico and these places that have been devastated by these events in the past couple months. Um, so really, you know, really great to see the communities come together um, and really use their, their power and their platform and their influence to help people who truly, truly are in need. All right, that is this week's Billboard Sharpie podcast. Can we close with one more Tom Petty song, Trevor? Can I was gonna, I was gonna suggest we play a Beyonce song, but I suppose, <laughs> actually, we can do both. Both. This is a Beyonce Tom Petty duet. There's a mashup by uh, DJ Airworm in 2008-2009. If I were a free fallen boy, you ever hear this? No. It mixes if I were a boy and free fallen. You really hear how similar they are. I I've never heard this, but apparently I'm going to hear it now. So a little something for everybody. In honor of our our two chart superstars this week.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.